Welcome to Profiles. Welcome to Profiles. A monthly podcast featuring industry disruptors. Tune in to hear the stories of people who weren't afraid to dream big, take chances, and shake things up. Hello and welcome to Promo Corner's podcast, Profiles, where we talk with industry leaders and disruptors to get their take on the world of promotional products and how they're shaking things up. I'm your host, Steve Woodburn, and we appreciate your taking time out of your busy day to schedule time with us. Before jumping into the world of promotional products, this month's guest spent four years honing his financial skills as a stockbroker. When I graduated from college, I um, spent a couple years out in Colorado skiing. I was, uh, I guess, the proverbial ski bum, but I did have an internship while I was out there at a stock brokerage company and um, really, really enjoyed it. And when I got back to Virginia after Colorado, um, I went into the brokerage business and I enjoyed it. Um, It was not, uh, it it wasn't, it wasn't going to be my ultimate future. I knew that at the beginning, but I also knew that I needed to to learn a few things about uh, business and, and life and selling. And so it was a really good introduction to that. Um, I left the brokerage business after about three years to, to get my MBA. Um, I ended up uh, at William & Mary in, uh, in Williamsburg, Virginia. And um, I really went for two reasons. One, I wanted to learn a, a lot more about what was out there, but I also, knew that the brokerage business wasn't um, going to be for me for, for the rest of my life. And so I was really looking for, for another direction. Robert Fiveash, co-founder of BrandFuel, joins us this month. So how does one go from selling stock to selling branded merch? Danny, my business partner, Danny Rosen, um, he and I have been buddies forever. We, we literally um, have known each other for 40 years um, and... I was his stockbroker and you know, really good friends for a very, very long time. And um, he was at a, a pivotal time in his uh, work life as well. He was uh, he was at a screen printing company down in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and was um, about to leave that business. They were growing, but not as fast as, as sort of is in Danny's DNA. And so he was ready to make a move. And so we, we sort of just got together at a at kind of a pivotal time in both our our work lives and we were both kind of in transitions and we met for a weekend and just said gosh you know this is kind of scary but what if we did something together you know we're we're best friends and we don't want to ruin that but there's a whole lot of respect and we we're sort of the yin to each other's yang and um you know maybe we should give this a try so we we looked at a lot of different types of marketing and advertising and and uh, because he had some experience in in we'll call it promotional products. Um, I want to speak to that a little bit later. Um, you know, we, we decided to jump into to that piece of, of the industry. And 25 years later, um, it's been fantastic. You know, we are, we are um, still great friends and we're running a, a, a successful business. We're very, very lucky. Um, it, it's not without its challenges. You know, we're, we're both fairly strong, strong-willed and stubborn, but uh, there's a whole lot of respect and, uh, and, and it's worked really well so far. There are literally tens of thousands of companies selling products with logos on them. So how do Robert and Danny differentiate themselves to clients who think everyone sells the same stuff? 
I think the the thing that clients respect most about us and sort of see us as 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 different than the thirty thousand folks that are out there that you mentioned, um, we 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 are a cult a we're really a challenger agency um, when it when it comes right down to it. I mean, we we are going to talk to the client about product, but we're going to talk to the client about strategy first. And that's not really novel, but I think the novel thing about us is that we're really not going to, um, we're not going to handle every order. We're not going to, if a client is um, in need of, of 5,000 stress balls, for example, that are just going to end up in the landfill, we're going to really, really do our best to try to steer them in the right direction. Um, maybe stress balls are a really good uh, uh, good idea for you know a, a company that is is doing you know uh, blood work and that kind of thing. But for for other for other applications, you know something else might be more appropriate. And so um, we are going to challenge the client, and sometimes we're not going to do an order because it just doesn't make sense. This stuff will end up in the landfill. And um, I think that's really the, the main difference um, in in us and some of the other folks out there. You know, it's hard to turn down business, but and, and clients generally are going to be surprised and maybe a little bit irritated if we push too hard there. But I think once we get past that um, initial surprise moment with the client or the prospect, ultimately, if we provide good alternatives, they're going to respect the fact that we stood by what we've learned from 25 years of doing this. And so ultimately, I think they do respect the fact that we, we challenge them occasionally. Another thing clients are adamant about these days, especially the younger generation of buyers, is sustainability. For decades, our industry was known for selling CPS, cheap plastic sh uh, stuff, much of which immediately got thrown away. So how does his company address this concern? We have one planet. You know, we have limited resources on our planet. And I think, you know, this is obvious, but we all have to, to do our part to to make sure that there's less waste. Um, I think in terms of sustainability as a concept, um, I think you, you're, you're either in tune with it or you're not, but the, the, as, as a person or as a company, but the truth is your clients are really in tune with it. Um, they're really in tune with it, whether it's more of a kind of a marketing thing um, and something that they feel like they're pressure to, to address because of their audience. But regardless of, of which of those is true, and maybe it's a combination of both, um, regardless of that, the, the client is, is demanding that, that sustainability is addressed. And so, um, so we really do need, need that. I, I mentioned purpose um, is more important to today's younger buyers. They may not have, it may not have been as important you know, 10, 20 years ago. But it really is important, and, and you'd be smart. We'd be all smart to to recognize that 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 we really do have to address it. You know, regardless of what you think of sustainability, maybe politically or what have you. I think in our industry, um, I really do equate survivability with sustainability. Um, there are efforts from governments and from from just our, the general buying community to limit waste and limit brand fill and we have to address that we could wake up one day um, with you know a ban on certain products we've already started to see that we've started to see 
government entities try to ban branded merch purchases um, because they perceive it as waste. And that perception is really one of the biggest challenges I think that our industry faces. And we'd be, we'd be nuts if we don't address that. As a testament to Robert and Danny's passion to be more than simply a promotional products company, they spent close to 10 years to be certified as a B Corp. It's a designation that involves a very rigorous process, but once earned, it shows your customers, employees, and the community at large that you walk the walk when it comes to being socially and environmentally conscious. B Corp is a, a certification that is run by a group called B Lab. And the definition of a B Corp is a business that meets the highest standards of verified social and environmental performance, public transparency, and legal accountability to balance profit and purpose. And so we started our B Corp journey probably 10 years ago. Um, we saw that more and more companies more and more clients were demanding transparency of the supply chain. They were demanding an emphasis on sustainability. And again, I, I keep going back to sort of what's in your DNA and you can't really fake it. Um, this is some, these are things that, that were and are always important to, to brand fuel. And I give every bit of credit to my business partner, Danny, for taking the hard steps of like, just pushing and pushing and pushing over the last 10 years to try to go through the logistical and sort of bureaucratic measures needed to actually get the B Corp certification. While most companies in our industry are focused on making a profit and don't really have the time to pursue something as onerous as a B Corp certification, Robert believes it's imperative for future growth. I don't know how many B Corps there are in our industry. You know, more and more, thankfully, um, this isn't something that we're like trying to keep to ourselves because it's important for the industry. Um, but out of 30,000 companies or, or distributors, I don't know, maybe there are 20 that are B Corps. And that puts us in, in sort of a, a, a rare place. And it allows us to speak with a bit of um, expertise and authenticity to clients when they are asking about sustainability and how can how can we guarantee the, the cleanliness of the supply chain and that sort of thing. So I mentioned earlier, you know, equating sustainability with survivability in our industry. I really, really do believe that. I think um, the, the perception and at times, sadly, the reality of, of what we sell is that um, some of it is waste and, and a lot of it ends up in the landfill and we have to do a better job as an industry um, addressing that. And you know, some of it is about making sure that product um, is more sustainable. So it's recycled, it's recyclable, et cetera. That's sort of what we're used to. But um, I, ultimately, I think we have to have the hardest conversation of all, which is about consumption. You know, is is it okay to to consume as much of this stuff that's out there that that much of it ends up in the landfill, is that okay? And is there a way for us to have a thriving industry where it's less about how many of these things can we sell and it's more about how effective can this particular product be with 
the fewest number of pieces out there that will end up in the landfill. It's a, it's a um, conversation that, that uh, is hard to, to have because it means we don't need 30,000 of us out there. But um, if the perception of the buying public is to change about what we do and what we sell, um, which obviously we need for survivability, um, we've got to address all the hard questions and consumption is one of them. Being in business 25 years means that there have been a lot of changes in how business is done. What are some of the biggest shifts Robert has seen? Product search. Um, it's so easy today. Obviously, when we started, it was catalogs and you got, um, you know, if you didn't have the catalog, you really couldn't figure out where it went. Software is a, a huge, huge one that's changed over the years. Um, you know, it used to be CDs and that kind of thing. Um, we we are finding that it's it's just critical today to to have have your software uh, have an API and, and be able to connect to to other systems. It's just just critical for our growth. I think collaboration is another one. When we we started this industry, it was and part of it I part started this this business. Um, everything was really secretive, you know. I mean, the coding and all that that still exists and is still a little bit weird, but. Um, but it was all very secretive and, and there was so much competition that you did everything you could to, to make sure your secret sauce wasn't um, spilled out to anyone beyond the clients. You, know, you didn't want your competitors to see what you were doing. And, and that, that has changed, thank goodness. I mean, the, the only way we're gonna remain competitive with, with other threats that are out there is to, to collaborate when we can and when we should and to, to learn from each other. I think, you know, I, I think there are, there are thousands of companies out there that that share um, some DNA and some philosophy that 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 it just makes sense to to partner in some ways with them. So, or at least talk. I, that, that's that's a that's a really important one. Um, I think the rise of sort of the the niche suppliers out there, the, the local folks, the diverse owned uh, folks that are out there. That that's a, a huge one. Um, again, it used to just be the the big boys and big gals out there um, kind of running the show. And that still may be the case in some sense, but um, there's much more of a, an, an effort to find um, these niche suppliers that the clients are looking for. They're looking for a story. Um, they're more and more, I guess, less and less, they're looking for the cheap plastic stuff and more and more of a story to tell the recipient uh, at that client um, company so that they can uh, create a connection between the product and, and what they're actually trying to do. As things change, new challenges arise, and I ask Robert what he sees as the biggest threats we'll face as an industry. I think the future is bright, um, but there there definitely are some challenges. Um, you mentioned Brandfill; uh, it's real. That whether whether it's a perception or a reality, either either of those. The, the perception of it or the reality of it, like that's a negative for our industry. Um, so we, we really do have to address that. Um, I think the China factor is huge. Um, you know, I've been to China, I've, I've toured factories. It is the one place on the planet where much of the product that we sell can be produced quickly and cheaply. And that's what most of us have wanted and, and needed um, out of, out of our factory partners over the years. But um, the fact, and I'm, again, I'm really good at making up statistics. The fact that 95% uh, of the product that we sell is made in China is a real problem. 
I remember talking to um, the the owner of one of the biggest suppliers in the industry about a year ago, maybe two years ago, and I said, "Hey, yeah, I'm I'm actually worried about this. I I, I was a political science major, and um, kind of all indications point towards some sort of not all, but many indications point towards some sort of conflict with China in the next two or three years, based on certain known and unknown things out there. And and uh, you know, what can we do as an industry to alter the supply chain so we have alternatives? And this person, I think, rightly said, it's just not going to happen. Um, that the the lowest cost providers will end up being in China because the infrastructure simply doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. It may be used to, but but with, with globalization, and you can talk about the pros and cons of globalization, but the the the, the factories will end up in, in the places where it is the cheapest to produce. And, and that ended up being in China. That may not be in China forever as as the middle class grows and, and that kind of thing. But uh, ultimately, that's where it is today, and it's disappeared from other countries. Given the changes and threats we discussed, what advice would he give those just entering our business? The first thing I would tell them is that you have the ability to choose your customers. Um, I think that most folks, because it's so competitive, they, they kind of take on any order, whether it's with a, a customer whose you know, views or, or philosophies may not necessarily uh, jive with theirs, or um, it's a small order, they want to you know, take the business, or it's a really challenging client who's just really picky and that kind of thing. I mean, the truth is, if you're just start, it's hard to do it when you're 25 years in, maybe, but when you're just starting out, it would be, you have the ability to choose your customers. You don't have to work with everyone. You don't necessarily want to offer the kitchen sink. Um, and you have the ability to start from the very beginning by being an expert in what you what you focus on, and there are you know many 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 industry verticals in this in this um, this merch world that we're in, and you don't have to be everything to everybody. Um, one of our our all time favorite folks out there uh, is is Seth Godin, and Seth talks about a being either a wandering generality or a meaningful specific, and you know, he, he obviously prefers he, or he feels that being a meaningful specific is someone who can actually get things done in a, in a meaningful way. And I would say to these folks getting into it, try to start your business uh, and your growth philosophy by being a meaningful specific rather than a, a wandering generality. Take a lot of time when you're looking at your, your software and your hardware and your systems. Um, you really want a, a system that's flexible, um, that has an API that's going to allow you to, to talk to other systems. Um, when you start the business, you're a certain size and you have a certain uh, limited needs. Um, but five years into it, your needs are different and 10 years different as well. And 25 years into it, still different. And you need a system that allows you to grow and to, to, to add different uh components to your your business so that you can address the the new needs that that occur every few years and and so take the time to to really understand what you need today but make sure your systems can accommodate what you need in in five years each day we all face new challenges never knowing what the day might hold 
I ask Robert, what is it that gets him out of bed each morning? I've got this grid that I use every single day and I've, I've gamified it. I've given, I give myself points at the end of the day before I go to bed for maybe it's 10 or 12 different things that I really needed to concentrate on that day. So whether it's my wife or my children or my business partner or finance or B Corp or whatever, my guitar, whatever it might be, exercise, I give myself a point if I've done that throughout the day. And I will tell you, the gamification of that and having to get to 30 points by the end of the week and going to bed knowing that like on a Monday I got six points or seven points, um, that I will, I will say, I mean, it's a really good question. And I, I didn't think about this piece of it, but, but that is part of the thing that makes me go to bed with a really clear mind and knowing that I, I actually focused on what I needed to focus on that day. And I, I got my points, which is, is important. And then I wake up with that purpose that you mentioned, that the, the, the getting out of bed and, and, and striving to, to, to reach that same thing the next day. Far from being your typical distributor, Robert and his partner Danny work hard to incorporate their mantra of strategy first and product second, meaning customers shouldn't just randomly pick a product to hand out, but should first determine an overall strategy and pick the branded merch that best reflects the experience they want to create. After 25 years, Robert is truly proud of what they've created. Danny and I have been doing this for 25 years, and we've been We've been friends for 40, um, you know, bonding over Elvis Costello and um, blowing up hermit crabs in my backyard and stuff. And, you know, the, the, the amount of merch that we have, we have created and, and laughed at and loved over the years is just sort of staggering. Um, it, it just, it, it's, it's interesting to, to think that we've been doing it this long and we still really have a passion for it. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that. As their website touts, they seek to work with companies who are willing to zig while others zag, all the while striving to make our world a better place to live and work. From all of us here at Promo Corner, thanks for listening to Profiles. I'm Steve Woodburn, and be sure to join us next month as we bring you stories of other disruptors and agents of change in the world of promotional products. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to this episode of Profiles. Tune in next month for another story of someone who wasn't afraid to dream big, take chances, or shake things up.